Hello, hello, everyone. You're listening to The Brian Oak Show. Filling in for Brian Oak, Colleen Cruz, and his major domo, Sean Bernard. We're here in the Smart Start MN Studios. Hello. Are you having a wonderful day? I am. I'm under a quilt. <laughs> you are home under a comfy, you know, quilted northern I'm quilt, under- and I... I'm at the Smart Start MN Studios, but maybe your home yeah. has now become part of the Smart Start MN Studios. By proxy, yes, it has. Wonderful. Yeah, but I put the quilt because the sound guy told me that if you if you put a blanket over everything, yeah, it's uh, the sound is a little bit better. So that's what I'm that's what I'm going for. It helps a ton. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited today because we've got the as you know the best of uh, the hotly anticipated and sometimes hotly contested. Yes. Um, <laughs> Twin Cities Best of Issue has come out. How are they doing it in COVID? We don't know, but they did it. It's like it's something that I look forward to every year. And uh, we actually have one of the winners, the best, uh, what is it, acoustic singer-songwriter? Yes. Coming up, uh, our friend, friend of the Brian Oak Show, Katie Vernon. We've got an interview with her coming up. And uh, a friend of mine actually just won uh, Best Comedian, Shannon Paul. She's not going to be on because she's really busy right now. She's too famous for me. Now, but, she and I have not split the the best friend's necklace like you two have, that little split down the heart. But we yeah. but we are good. For, I, I love her. I just think the world of Miss Shannon Paul. Well, yeah, she's spectacular. She and is. She's the, she's the 2020 best comedian. So that's uh, I did. I, I have to say I got my 19. I was I got the thing in 1998. And uh, it was a total, it was, it was hotly contested. Is she the best comedian? No, I don't know. And it was just, and I found out like a week later because I didn't even know I was up for it. And uh, yeah. And also it's expired. I'm not funny anymore. So. Uh, is it, a t- it's 20 years, right? Isn't it 20 years after yeah. you get it, that the shelf life, and then you're just, you're, you bottomed out. I think out. it happened like almost <laughs> immediately with me. It was exposed to air and then it just, it went sour immediately. And you know what I found out later? That if when you're when you get the best of thing, you could pick up your own cover of you know like the cover of the oh you know the city pages that oh yeah and it has your name on it. I didn't know that, so I never got mine. Well, we should get you one and then like have it like get a bunch of copies and then just tape them all to your car, <laughs> so yeah. people can. It'd be very validating, I think. I think later on in my life, you know, when I become a homeless person. Yeah, well, yeah. And I think that I will actually just hand them out. I will beg for money and I will hand them out, like photocopied or like maybe just hand drawn, something like that. Like I used to be on the radio. No, seriously. I know. Seriously. And I used to be a comedian. No, seriously. I'm going to wear too much blush, <laughs> hang out at the bus stop. You'll have, you'll, you'll still be a realtor and, and, uh, I'll sit on your bus stop. How about that? That's that very good. That is very kind of you. <laughs> See, that's what we'll do. No. I I just refuse to have my picture anywhere. So if I ever do a bus stop thing, it'll be something kind of quirky and weird. Uh, but you're welcome to sit there and collect uh, money for your city pages best of from 1998. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, just yeah, to mention, we we are in the Smart Start MN studios. If you're wondering what Smart yeah. Start MN is. They are the people that they put in the ignition interlock system into your car. So if you have the misfortune of getting a DUI or anybody you know, if you're Irish like I am, uh, it could be a lot of people you know that have had DUIs. And they're looking for a way to be able to get to work and to take their kids to their COVID-protected ball games, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. They'll give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Thank you, Smart Start MN, cool. for being a fantastic sponsor. That's awesome. Absolutely. You know, I got my license taken away once, not for a DUI, but for parking tickets. Oh. You know how I many parking tickets that you have to get before that happens? It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I didn't even count. At a certain point, I didn't even count, you know. And, yeah, so my license got taken away. So there wasn't anything I could blow into to to get to work, but I ended up uh, getting very acquainted with buses at that time of my life. So I don't they, mind the bus system. I don't mind the bus. I don't mind it either. Yeah, I think it's great that we have it. So some people some people get really frustrated by it, especially if you work in a place where it's only one transfer or something. It's not the end of the world. Some very right. interesting people ride the bus. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's sort of like a, well, I mean, <laughs> I was right there, so you never know. <laughs> That's true. We have conversations on the bus. Some lady with a bunch of City Pages uh, <laughs> articles <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there, sitting there on the That's bus. Right. Sitting there with everything that she owns, wearing, you know, wearing everything <laughs> that she owns and a little too much makeup. Absolutely. Talking about local media. <laughs> well, hey, should we get into this? Should we get into the Katie Vernon interview? Sean Bernard and Colleen Cruz on the Brian Oak Show, and I am so excited to bring in our next guest. She's been a guest on the show uh, before, but this is before she was a an award winning uh, acoustic performer <laughs> uh, with the City Pages. I was so excited to see City Pages does their annual best of, and it's so cool to see uh, the friend of the show, Katie Vernon when the best acoustic performer in the Twin Cities. Katie Vernon, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. It's very exciting. I am, you know, I'm feeling like I should put my prices up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you should. You absolutely should. Because no, no. a lot of musicians I know, they undervalue themselves and they're always like, well, we could do it for we a little bit. I'm like, yeah. come on, charge what you're <laughs> worth. You're so good I at what know. you do. Oh, thank you. No, it was a total surprise. I mean, the funniest thing was I woke up and, you know, I have the terrible habit of checking Twitter, you know, right yes. away. And <laughs> I was tagged in all these random posts and they were all kind of talking about the best people on Twitter and like award-winning tweeters. And I was like, okay, I'm definitely not that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't really say much of anything interesting. I'm just kind of snarky and cheeky on the Twitter and so I was really confused and I was kind of digging through the posts trying to find the original one like why am I being tagged you know in all of these different replies yeah and then I saw it was best of of the Twin Cities and I was like okay well you know I don't know what that's about so I thought well I'll look at the music categories you know if anything I'm not going to win best you know Twitter personality <laughs> so then I looked and I didn't see anything right away you know best vocalist you know best songwriter I was excited my good friend Mary Bew was yes. listed as best songwriter which is amazing so She's cool been on fire yeah lately um and then I saw me and I was just I mean I really was blown away um because you know I was reflecting on it today and you know, less than 10 years ago, I didn't even dare accompany myself. I felt so kind of stuck waiting for someone else, you know, to knock on my door and play the guitar. And I wrote, you know, using a guitar, but I never really felt confident, you know, doing it by myself. And, um, and then I just finally kind of let go of that search for perfectionism and just Good. said, you know, just play, just do it, you know. And if you're rubbish and you can only play three songs in a row, um, you know, that's okay. That's a start. And, um, you know, now I am playing three-hour shows and um, to be recognized that, you know, I persevered and, and that I don't suck at it, you know, was just really, really, really nice. And so uh, I actually wrote to thank one writer and uh, – he said, I can neither confirm or deny that I wrote it. But, um, <laughs> so I have a suspicion he wrote it. But, um, you know, they loved the record last year. It was named as one of the best um, records. That also took me by surprise. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a lovely surprise. So it's nice to have something to feel happy about. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's a tough time, obviously, for performers and for everybody right now. Absolutely. But, and the other cool thing is that, you know, I, I know that because I know you a little bit, you have so much humility. And for you just to be able to kind of say, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I yeah, got this. Yeah. I don't think I, I need I to do the old. I feel that way often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, I think a lot of women performers are especially just kind of, um, you know, reliant maybe on other people to, to kind of get up on stage with and, um, yeah. You know, I mean, I hate to say it's just a female thing, but I think there's a lot of people that hold themselves back um, thinking that, you know, they can't do it themselves. And I love my band and appreciate my band and absolutely, you know, love playing with them. Um, but it is a very it is a very special kind of recognition to just be told, like, you're good enough, like by yourself, like, you, you know, you keep doing this and um, getting out there. And it makes me a better band member to be able to, you know, accompany myself as well. Well, you've put you've put the work in and that's the part of it that's really cool. I mean, you've also kept yourself out there uh, on social media and doing things on, you know, Facebook and everything else to to keep yourself in front of the people that love your music, like the person right here in the studio that's talking to you. 
Um, I just love your vocals as <laughs> well. They're you. just uh, they're just fantastic. So, uh, but what a what a cool honor and and something that you can carry yeah. with you and and no, uh, it, was, it was really sweet. Yeah, I was I was very excited and you know just across the board. Um, I think that City Papers really made an effort to um to kind of dig and and find some different names this year and you know it's no no real surprise that there's a lot of um non-white dudes on yeah. this this year good and, um, good you know they've had their recognition um no disrespect to anybody no. but um it was nice to see a lot of women and a lot of people of color on the list and just um you know it was it was a different looking list and i really appreciate being a part of that um and i'm speaking through a very muffled um i hope everyone can hear me okay but i'm wearing a face mask because I'm a little early to work today, so I Look decided at you. to go to Goodwill on my way to work. <laughs> so I'm literally wandering around Goodwill. I found a really great pair of shoes for two dollars, and love um, it. Yeah, I'm in my happy place right now. As somebody who uh, grew up in a family that didn't have much money, we were at the Salvation Army and Goodwill all the time, but we yeah. didn't we didn't quit going. <laughs> You know, like I, I didn't quit going. I there's I love Goodwill. I love you yeah. know everything that that's no, about it. and and Salvation yeah. Army as well. It's just fantastic. We enjoy it, and I have a kid going off to college, so she very much oh. uh, you know needs a few little bits and bobs. So, in fact, I think I just found a good office chair for her. So see, this is a good day. That's what that's what they need in college more than anything. They don't realize that you can't bring a crappy chair when you're going to be in that chair for hours and hours. Doing your studies. So will she be able to actually go to college or do they, are they going to do distance yeah, learning to start out? Know, it's, it's been, um, it's just been a roller coaster. I heard someone say COVID coaster. And I'm like, <laughs> that is so, oh my God, we're all riding the COVID coaster. I know. Um, so no, she's going to go, you know, it was, it was a difficult decision. Um, they're only going to have one day of um, actual in-person classes um, where she's going. She's going off to MCAD. I'm so proud of her. Um, And so it was a dilemma, you know, do you move out and, um, you know, sit at a computer for most of that time? Um, But she's decided to move out and, um, you know, she's ready to kind of make the next big step. So they'll do everything as safely as they can. But yeah, it was time for her to, to do it and, you know, follow her dreams. So. It's interesting as a parent with what you just spoke of that, you know, that, that you didn't always have that confidence in your own ability when it came to playing acoustic and then being a parent and having kids where you're, you're trying to, you know, boost them up. And and I always say to my wife, well, it's called self-esteem. So they have to actually get it themselves, but it's painful when you're a person who's had self-doubt as I have and you have, and I I hope a lot of people have actually had self-doubt, but, (laughs) but that you overcome it. And then try to teach your kids, well, there's a way to be able to yeah. overcome this and to validate. Right. And it's okay to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty damn good at this. You know, I've, I, I'm doing okay. You know, I, I'm, yeah, I've, it's a journey for sure. Yeah. You know, part, part of it, you know, I think when you're a parent, so much of it is parenting yourself. And yeah. Oh, yes. I just gave some good advice. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I that. Um, you know, I was always telling my kids, like, you can be anything, you can do anything. And then I would think, you know, but I personally have given up on a lot and I feel like I suck yeah. and maybe I should look at that, you know? Um, so yeah, it's definitely, um, you can't give up on yourself. You have to put yourself out there. And the best thing your kids can do, you know, can see you do is to just not give up and just keep trying. And, um, you know, it was pretty sweet to get a text yesterday from, you know, from her saying, you know, good job, mom. You oh, my gosh. It. How cool. I was like, oh, you know, that's so sweet. And they've had to put up with a lot, you know, watching their mom bounce around on stage with hot pants. playing <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm not your average mom. <laughs> That was so great. (laughs) They've had to put up with a lot. (laughs) They've had to deal with a lot. I I take embarrassing parent, you know, to a whole nother level. Oh, yeah, me too. um, They've they've seen me embrace my mistakes and embrace my insecurities. And, um, you know, I still feel like a very mediocre musician who, you know, my strength is songwriting and singing. And, um, you know, that's why yesterday was so lovely because it acknowledges that, you know, I do play an instrument and, and I put myself out there and I just keep doing it. And, um, but it isn't luck. It isn't, it isn't luck. You you have to admit at this point, (laughs) 
you have to admit at this point it isn't luck. It's about the work and it's about it's a lot of work. And your yeah. passion. Yeah. And your passion. And it's I think it's, you know, fr- yeah. from knowing you a little bit, you know, I think it's a healing thing for you, but it's also a healing it for is. other people and and uh, it's a big part of your life and and bringing people that yeah. kind of peace and happiness and I was just listening to one of your songs and I'm like, "Oh, can't wait to hear her live and in person oh, again what someday song were soon. You listening to? Oh, I was listening to Lily. Well, that's the girl. That's the one who I know. And, you know, she she's always been an artist. You I've know, seen her paintings. You've posted so many of them. Yeah, it's such a journey, you know, watching yeah. kids. And I truly believe, you know, they're born who they are and you just need to not, you know, screw it up. And, um, you know, that song was written about this little kid who just had so much joy and, oh. and creativity. And, um, you know, to know that she's off to art school, um, pretty great. So, oh, it's so yeah. She's she's really living out that song, um, which is which is just wonderful. And I keep waiting for her to make a really great video for it. And that that song sadly still doesn't have a video, and that's Lily's fault. So we can all blame Lily. It'd be cool to have her artwork as a big part of it, even if it's just the pictures of the <laughs> of her different art um, yeah, flowing through no, it. I'd definitely. I'd love to see that. Well, yeah. I, I think we absolutely have to play that song now, so we're going to play that one. What other song would you like to hear? I'd love to play one more of your of your songs yeah, to honor you, you today. Aww, Katie Vernon Day in the Twin Cities. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm in Bloomington Goodwill, and I'm just like, have a silly grin on my face. Um, That's a good yeah, one, by the way. Is it the one off Lindale? Good one. Fancy. <laughs> it's pretty fancy. I know. Good I'm finds like, over there. It. People have got some good stuff out here. Um, <laughs> You know, we should honor her sister, too. So I think In Your Shoes would be a good one. Fantastic. About her little sister, who is also a fantastic artist. So um, it's it's definitely, um, I have a lot to feel proud of them. What is her name? Daisy. Daisy and Lily. I yeah. love it. Well, congratulations to you, my Hi. friend. I'm so Thank happy you. for you. I can't wait to see you live and in person again. And, and well, uh, you know what? Next Wednesday, we have our only gig. Everything else has been delayed or canceled, um, but the full band is playing um, next Wednesday, August, whatever it is. Thursday, <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know what day it is. I don't know either. Um, and it's, at, it's outside. It's at the um, Maple Grove Amphitheater, and it's 7 o'clock in the evening. So that is the full band, and, and that's it. That's I will be there. Excited. I will be there. I'll be wearing a mask. I'll be social distanced. Uh, I went to see the suburbs that way. Funny, very funny, quick story. And then I know you have to go, but I went to see the suburbs up in uh, St. Michael and I was, uh, I went with one of my uncles who's had some challenging health problems and, and he, but he wanted to go see them, which is why we did it. But we were 30 feet away from everyone else. Uh, I just try to really be safe. And then these two women came and sat down directly behind us. Oh, and I know it's not because of any kind of attraction, because that's those days are gone. <laughs> I, no, was like, no, no. I was like, Don't what is this? That. Like, who sits Who sits three feet behind you and you're 30 oh, feet away? Gosh. So, Well, we will play both of those songs in your honor. And yeah. congratulations, my friend. Oh, you're so deserving. You. And thanks for... Uh, you know, being part of the Brian Oak Show. Yeah, thanks for making me feel good today. You bet, Katie. Thank (laughs) you so much. Have a great day. Bye.
The lovely, the talented Katie Vernon and award-winning local artist, according to City Pages, for the best acoustic performer of the Twin Cities this year. And I love it that she wrote two songs uh, for her daughters, for her daughter Lily and her daughter Daisy. And there's some guidance in the, in the songs, but they're not schmaltzy. No, no, not You know, I, I, anything that comes from the heart, I mean, especially now. I feel like, uh, you know, what does schmaltz even mean? (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd rather have more schmaltz and less negativity, I guess. What the world needs now is way more schmaltz. Yes, schmaltz, sweet schmaltz. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, yeah, I'm I'm not contesting it. I think she is certainly the best singer, songwriter, acoustic. I'm trusting their judgment on this. Um, Hey, uh, Sean. Yes. Do you want to get sexy? I've been trying for 49 years. (laughs) (laughs) And I've really, I've really had some ebbs and flows, but I've never quite reached the pinnacle. (laughs) Here here on the Brian Oak show, uh, here on the Brian Oak show, you know, I know that, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's something else for a couple of straight guys to try to get sexy. Sure. But I think now that we've got this male female thing going on, we could actually get a little sexy and, uh, and we, we could talk about it and it would be okay. You know what I mean? A little bit more comfortable. Well, you and I are, you know, you and I have been friends for years, so I think we can just wait. Let's we can talk about anything. Well, we, of course so we can. 
we're in the trust tree. We are safe space. You got okay? it. So uh, we can we can just launch right into this, or we could do a couple of. Do you want to do you want to do the uh, the honors? Because one of the things, but I have to make sure that this conversation isn't going to uh, ruin your professionalism as a realtor. Oh no, that's that's church and state. Is that right? My sexy time oh. and my realtor time are two totally different things. Okay. My wife would okay. she would laugh if she ever listened to this show. <laughs> well, I'm I'm hoping that she will. She's very so, busy. <laughs> okay, we'll just tell our partners not to listen. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. Okay. All right. So there's something this woman is calling herself a canisexual. Okay. A I'm just going to read you a little bit of this. The first time Ashley Manta got stoned specifically to have sex, it changed everything. Wow. She said, I orgasmed so hard, like repeatedly. And afterward, I just hugged my, I'm just, I'm just doing the voice because it sounds best that way. Yeah. And afterward, I just hugged my boyfriend and cuddled up in his arms and felt blissed out. Blissed out. I was like, wow, there is something to this. So is it because she was more relaxed? Is that what it was? Well, I'm sure that's what it was. But in the history of me knowing stoners, I used to be a daily pot smoker. I was for a short while. Okay. I was like a daily pot smoker for years. And there wasn't anything that I didn't do stoned. I mean, you know, for five years, like, go get the mail. I'm stoned. You know, make some bacon. I'm stoned. (laughs) You know, like, talk to grandma. I'm stoned. You know, like, there wasn't anything that I didn't do. Flossing my teeth. Stoned. Right. Totally stoned. (laughs) You know, and boy, let me tell you, when you floss your teeth when you're stoned, you really get in there. You really you know? do. You're not afraid. Nothing yeah. matters. No. Yeah, you're completely unafraid. Uh, I don't know that I would like my dental hygienist to be stoned, no. but maybe no. it might make their lives a lot better. Can you imagine being, let's just, let's salute the unsung heroes of the dental world, the hygienist. We have to. Gross. Huh? All the Can work and little pay. It's just not fair. Looking into people's mouths. All day. Ugh. Yuck. And some of them just, you know, they barbecued ribs and they didn't even freaking bother to get that <laughs> chunk of meat out of there. <laughs> Is that a week so ago? People, like, people, yeah, I know people try to like, they, they, that's what I talked to one of my hygienists and she said, well, the thing is when people think they can floss, you know, vigorously for the week before the appointment, but that doesn't, that doesn't do anything. I'm a but day of guy. I do it like five I, times and just come in with the super bright red gums. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <aw laughs> like a, like a chapped baby ass. <laughs> exactly. That was exactly what I was thinking. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Man, his teeth aren't bad, but that chapped baby ass gum thing that he's got going. <laughs> so, what were we talking about? Oh yeah. Well, uh, being, being stoned during sex. So this woman, and I went to her website. She's got a whole website. She calls herself a canisexual. And she says, I get this, welcome, I'm Ashley Vanta, award-winning pleasure and intimacy coach and facilitator. Award-winning, maybe she also is a City Pages award winner. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, it could be. Um, but she's she has a mission to provide people with joyful, empowered sex lives. She reviews cannabis products, accessories, and sex toys. And you can actually take an online class from her to learn how to give a handy. Really? How to do it the right way? How to do it the right way. Now, I got to tell you, so I used to date this guy, right? Yeah. And he was, we were talking about pot smoking once. And he said one time, you know, and I actually, I just talked to him the other day. And I was like, I said, I'm going to talk with Sean about this on on the Brian Oak Show. Yeah. And he, he says, he goes, you know, the last time I smoked, I smoked pot. He said somebody gave him like a vape cartridge. Oh yeah. You know, and he's like, he's in his fifties, like us, and so he vaped. Yeah. And he said it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some special time with myself. Yeah. And he said, and you know what I did? He said I got <laughs> about maybe like, he says, I, you know, he was all alone in his apartment. Sure. He said I got like maybe a minute and a half into it, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> See, like that's, that could be his age, too. <laughs> like, ah, this is too much work. <laughs> and this woman looks pretty young. You know, I, yeah. I want sex advice from like a 90-year-old. Oh, yeah. That's what I want. I don't want it from a young person, no. 
like about launching, you know, like, like anyway. But, well, with Viagra and, you know, Cialis and all that stuff, that, that seems to oh, be Jesus. the issue. And that, you know, what I wonder about is these poor older women that maybe are like, hey, I was kind of enjoying the break there for the last 20 years. But now that, uh, you know, Grandpa Ned is 86 and now he's got Viagra, suddenly I've got his his attention again. <laughs> I don't know that I want his attention all the time. For our culture to stop worshiping the hard on. I know. But it, you know, just the fact that there's a lot of different erection drugs and not affordable insulin. Do you know what I mean? It's just like. Oh, I agree. I I agree. It's it's like there's a, it's, it's hell in a handbasket. It's hell in a handbasket. But I did look this up and it turns out that there are scientific scientific this is science now okay so if you're if you're all about this you can it, unfortunately it's not legal here in minnesota it should be it should be legal everywhere because i i am of the camp that uh marijuana is a lot less you know destructive than than alcohol i totally agree yeah i mean i'm not saying i'm not because i don't get high every day now i can't do it anymore it makes me paranoid yeah um but I tell you, I, I honestly, and I used to, I used to think that when I was a stoner, I'd think, gosh, you know, you don't see somebody getting stoned and like, uh, starting a bar fight. No. You know, just usually doesn't happen. Like the worst thing that can happen, I think is, um, laziness, which is also a, a problem, but whatever. So, but it turns out they're finding all kinds of benefits to both, you know, ingesting pots and, and, and also the topical application of pot. And it turns out between 55,000 cannabis consumers who on average had sex about 20% more than their, they had, they had, were able to have sex 20% more than their non-consuming counterparts. Hmm. So is it, it actually is stimulating them as well to, to want to have sex? Right. And it's relaxing them and specifically women. So, you know, if you haven't tried it for a while, like I said, I'm not going to do it because I get super paranoid. And the last thing I need is to be more paranoid during sex. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm always paranoid during sex. Like, especially if there's any mirrors in the room. Oh, I can't have I mirrors. A guy. I, I went out this. I went out with a guy that was like one of the guys that I dated before I got married. Yeah. And he takes me into his house and he's like, I've redone my whole house. I've read. And we had gone out like six, seven times. Right. Yeah. And he's like, I've redone my whole house. And he's handsome and he's smart and everything. And I walked, he showed me his bedroom and he had one whole wall of closets and they were all mirrored closet doors. And I said, gotta go. <laughs> like, I, that was it. That yeah, was the end sorry. Of it. Like I, I just, I, it, I couldn't tell him why I stopped dating him, but that's why. That's do you exactly think that from why. his, it was like my worst nightmare. But do you think from his perspective, the problem that just like a grandmother would call their grandson handsome, that you referred to him as handsome and not hot or sexy. Well, boy, boy, anymore. Gary, boy, Gary, you sure are handsome. <laughs> well, where's the I bed? <laughs> that's One a really, guy called me up, but I, maybe that is my problem <laughs> because I, I tend to use technical terms. Yes. A thousand years ago, this guy from L.A., he called me up and he asked me, he was like, hey, he was like, he was some guy, he worked at HBO, and he was like, he calls me up in, in the middle of the night, it's Minnesota, and he oh. was like, and we had kind of had a flirty deal. Sure, you know? sure. And th- never, never, uh, you know, confirmed the flirty deal, we just had a flirty deal, and then I flew back to Minnesota, and he calls me up and he's like, talking dirty to me. And I didn't. It was, I was like in my mid twenties, and I, no one had ever talked dirty to me before. And I thought, well, this is fun. You know, this is interesting. This is fun. Yeah. And the minute I talked dirty to him, he just goes, "What?" <laughs> and like, because I thought he goes, "Now you say something." And he goes, "What?" And, and he hung up on me. And then I called him the next day. Yeah, he totally hung up on me. And he said, he, he was laughing. He says, "You can't say." vagina oh yeah it's way too technical at that point. right but i had no idea that it was yeah <laughs> I had no idea that it was a deal killer you know and then you sang the sarah mclaughlin song labia now they never appreciate it, that really or no it's adia i think i always thought it was labia but i think it's adia is the name of the sarah mclaughlin oh, okay. jam 
No, you can't be technical. You know, I've never done any of that stuff. I've been with my wife for 26 years, and it's like, right. uh, you know, the it, the interesting thing is the time that I smoked the most pot was my first year of marriage because I was in denial about being married. So oh. I was, well, yeah, I was, it was, I was very young, and I was in radio. Awesome. I was in radio, and so a lot of radio people smoked pot. It was just part of the deal. And right. so we'd be out at events and concerts, especially, and somebody always had some pot. So that's what we did. And of course, my wife, she got really paranoid if she ever smoked pot. I just got really chilled out. It really relaxed me. So I, I just loved I it. I miss that part of it. I do too. I, I totally, I miss that part of it. If I could just have that and not be high. Yeah. I, I yeah. agree. Cause I'm an, I'm an anxiety guy. That can be calm. Yeah. I, I have, I have, I mean, I take, I take meds for anxiety and depression and stuff. I mean, they're pretty moderate, but that's the thing I miss about pot the most is just, I was totally cooled out. <laughs> you know, didn't, didn't that need. Ha- that's what happened to me for the first four and a half years. And then that last six months, boom, like my body chemistry changed or something. But I, I, I thought, oh my God, everyone is out to get me. Oh, see, that's not and, good. You know, the hubris of that statement too is kind of weird too. Like, why would they care? Why would they give a shit? You know, but when you're know. paranoid, you're paranoid. There's no answer to it. Anyway, I think we have to the Brian Oak show. I think that you should get yourself some CBD lube, and uh, and for, you know, obviously do it the responsible way and and drive social distance style to California or to Colorado. Lock yourself in a hotel room and. Uh, Touch yourself because apparently, uh, yeah, apparently that's that's the that's the way to go now. I think we have to play so, divinals. I touch myself I, right now on the Brian Oak Show.
the vinyls, I touch myself on the Brian Oak show. That was such a controversial song back in the day. I know. Almost like it Darling really- Nikki from Prince. Everybody got all in a twist about that one. I think when the when uh, oh uh, Austin Powers when it was used in the Austin Powers movie, the first the yeah. I touch myself song, then it lost any sort of. Yeah, it was no no longer titillating at all. I think it was like that's all you can think of, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that guy with the fake chest hair and the bad teeth and the crazy glasses and such a great that's character. That's what I think of. Absolutely, yeah, the fembots. Yeah. Oh, and see, I haven't seen that movie. I mean, that came out what twenty years ago? More than twenty years ago. I know. It might be thirty. I hate it that I'm at that age and you're at that age where you're like, wasn't that about sixteen? Oh no, it was thirty. <laughs> it was thirty years right. ago. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, hey, I just. Know, you know, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just going to... something that we have to do. We do. Let's talk about Busters on 28th. This place is absolutely fantastic. And we have gift cards from them. So they have online ordering now, Colleen, which is so cool. You can go there on their website, and instead of sitting on the phone and putting your order in, you can go look at the menu, get everything prepared, and then order online and pick up your curbside to go. They are open for business as well with some social distancing, but... If you're like me, you like to uh, grab it curbside to go. So just go to bustersontwentyeighth.com uh, and order. Uh, we have some gift cards too that I have to give away. So if you're listening right now, um, you can contact us at uh, the Brian Oak Show. Just why don't you just text me six one two eight five nine two five nine four if you would like a gift card to uh, Busters on Twenty Eighth. I'll give that away to somebody that listens to this episode. Um, the other thing that I should mention is that I have this day job that is, I sell real estate. That's what I do. I help people buy and sell houses and and it's just, uh, I absolutely uh, love it. It's people are weird, but you know, that's part of the biz. That's part of the way it works. So I uh, just helped very dear friends of mine uh, and they're two handsome boys <laughs> buy a house, um, which is kind of their dream house and help them uh, sell their house as well. People are still buying and selling during COVID-19. We're just super careful. I, I wear masks. I wear gloves. Uh, sometimes I wear a full-on spacesuit if that's what you're into. Um, but just give me a call, 612-859-2594, Sean Bernard at EdinaRealty.com, 612-859-2594. And you find condos, too. Yes, like I, people my age. I sure do. I'm going to talk to you about that. I need a condo. Well, let's get you like, one. Well, I need a condo like maybe six or seven years from now. Let's do it. Okay. We got nothing but time. That's what, <laughs> that's what I want. I want like an old person condo because that's what I will be or am. Like we just we discussed this already. We're not middle aged. N- no. But I'm not. I'm, I'm 49. 50. You're what, 52? I'm 52. I'm probably not going to live to 104 years old. Although Olivia de Havilland from Gone with the Wind, she just died at 104. So you never know. I might be like her, but I doubt it. Um, you can yeah. come and visit my monument anytime. Because <laughs> I'll be long gone by then. I'm pretty sure okay. there'll be some kind of monument. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Maybe not. There you go. Maybe not. There you go. You can't yeah, hear the Benny Hill song going, but it's playing right now, and it's playing oh, for going? a good okay, damn okay. reason. Yes. You know, it's, it's playing for a reason because it's the segment on the Brian Oak Show, Hell in a Handbasket. Hell in a Handbasket. <laughs> yeah. We just have to talk about uh, certain things that we do. all point to uh, the further decline of Western civilization. Ugh. And one of the one of the things that just recently happened uh, were, were the Nazi Walmarts in Marshall, Minnesota. Oh. Those people who wore Nazi flag masks. What oh. a... What a a mixed message. So they're masked up because they have to now in the Walmart, right? Yeah. But then they, they put the Nazi symbols on them because they wanted to protest. They said, they said they're not Nazis, but they were wearing the Nazi flag as a protest against socialism in America. And you're taking away our rights. Really? (laughs) (sighs) Right. Yeah, it's right, 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 right. And a friend of mine lives out in Marshall, and I said, "Did you know them at all?" He said, "I did not know them." He said, "But I thought, well, they're farmers who are totally backwards." He's like, "Nope, they live right in the city of Marshall." 
Like, that's not good. You never want to make national news with people wearing swastika masks in your well, area Walmart. You know, I, and it's for us Minnesotans, you know, we, we like to make national news. We like to make the 10 best places to live. We like to make the 10 most beautiful, the 10 coldest. The 10. Yes. But now I'm afraid that we're like top 10 racist all the way around here. You know, and I wouldn't, you know, just the, the whole, although I am, if there's anything to be grateful for with this, um, this summer, it is, and anything to be grateful in the tragedy that is George Floyd, it is the fact that it has sparked a worldwide, you know, things have changed, they've changed, and they're continuing to change, like it's a tsunami, and I'm, and I'm happy about that. You know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a hopeful, hopeful thing. And it's sort of like, you know, once you, it, you know what it feels like with these people, like in Marshall, it feels like a giant can of raid got sprayed on the world. And these people are just scurrying out like cockroaches. You know? Yes. They're like, they're scurrying out of their hidey holes and they're like, ah, ah, you know, and, and then they're, you know, hopefully getting, you know, stomped out, but cheapers, creepers, you know, I did morning radio there. Uh, it was my second radio job. I was a morning guy. I was a Craig and Sean morning show in Marshall from 91 to 93. And I got to tell you, it was, as a guy who grew up in the in the Twin Cities, I was shocked at, you know, uh, around that area that the lack of diversity and just the, the lack of people accepting people I actually left a Super Bowl party with a friend of mine who uh, unfortunately was paralyzed from the waist down. Um, but I left a party with them because the we were watching the Super what? Bowl on TV and these guys started using the N-word talking about the guys that were playing the game. I said, why are you even watching this game? I said, oh. half, at least half the players are black. What are you doing? And nobody else was saying anything except for my friend Darren. And finally I said, well, I'm out. And my friend Darren, to his credit, he's like, I'm out too. And we left. And it was just, it was just awful. I was just like, I can't believe I live here. <laughs> it was, yeah, you did the right thing, though. It, it's important for people who are not margin in the marginalized camp, especially for white guys. Like, it's really powerful when white guys do that when they stand up in a group of their own. Yeah, there were no black people at the party. Lie. Yeah, there were no black right. people at the party. But it's good for other people to at least see. Oh, somebody actually had the courage of their convictions. And right. You know, as wacky as my childhood was, I give my parents credit for that because they just, they both did not put up with any bullshit, you know, any homophobia, any racism, anything like that. They were both like, nope, not going to fly here. So. Do you have gay people in your family? I do. Yeah, I do. Hey, that's nice. Yeah, both, I mean, that's, both that's sides of my family. Out. Yeah, both yeah. sides of my family and, and got to see those struggles, especially when it was not widely accepted and, and an uncle mm-hmm. who passed away that was gay and and then an aunt on the other side of the family and then i actually had a step aunt who was gay as well and then i was telling a friend of mine it was uh my my best friend actually came out at 19 years old um uh, that he was gay as well so you know it was just one of those That's good. yeah it was and unfortunately I mean, his mom didn't show up to his wedding uh when he got married to his me? husband in, in boston yeah dad showed up mom didn't and i was so pissed so yeah very Imagine sad. That. Not I to mean, bring the party down okay. here, but yeah, it was. That's okay. It's hell in a handbasket. It sure is. If you want. It, it fits, so, fits very well. <laughs> you know, it's within their rights, right? I mean, technically they could wear a Nazi flag on their face, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's certainly within their rights to do that. But it got me to thinking about, um, because it, it just got me to think, thinking about all the things that you and I as white people kind of don't think about necessarily. Yeah. It doesn't like, obviously something like that. You see a Nazi flag. Now you're going to go, <gasps> you know, and, and punch them, chase them out, yeah. you know, stomp on them with your feet, spit on them, whatever you're going to do. You're going to, you're going to start something unless it looks like they're packing, then you're probably not going to. No. But um, there's a term that I started hearing about three years ago that it makes so much sense. You know what it is the minute you hear it microaggression yeah have you heard that term before i've, I've heard it but i admit i don't i didn't really connect with it as much i was like okay well wait a second so this means like a certain segment of people are upset about something i mean what does it mean exactly well how do you interpret it well 
Okay, so sometimes people who use microaggressions, they might not mean any harm toward the person or group that they're using them, their microaggressions against. It's maybe just like they might not even realize that they're making a, a microaggressive comment or action. It's kind of like the, the, the Confederate statues that are being torn down. Yes. Like those are, those are you know, like daily reminders that um, we're celebrating these, these, these people who, you know, hurt you, Right. Yeah. And, you know, we're holding them up to be these grand bastions of, uh, you know, culture and, and, uh, and stability. And, and so, but honest to God, I feel like I haven't, I never heard that phrase until about three years ago. And so I wanted to look it up. And it turns out that microaggressions can take several different forms. Hmm. There's a verbal microaggression. And that's a comment or a question that is hurtful or stigmatizing to a certain marginalized group of people. For mm. example, like saying, you're so smart for a woman could be a verbal microaggression. Oh, yeah. And which is what I want to say. I have heard that things like that so many times as a female comic, right? You know, you're, you're pretty funny for a woman. Oh. Right? You're pretty funny. You've heard that all the I usually don't think women are funny, but you're funny. Stuff like that. A behavioral microaggression, that's the second one occurs when someone behaves in a way that is hurtful or discriminatory towards a certain group of people. And an example of that could be a bartender ignoring a transgender person instead of serving us and instead serving as, you know, a cisgender person. Right. Yeah. Um, things like that, avoiding things. And, you know, I got to tell you, I, and then an environmental one, that's the third one. An environmental microaggression is when subtle discrimination occurs within society. Like one example is uh, be, you know, being a college campus that has these, um, you know, the, uh, these statues or, or, or a city hall that has yeah. these statues up. And all of those things, um, they take pieces away from you. They take pieces away from you all day long, every day, and you get exhausted and you get beaten down. And like as a woman, you know, I can't speak to what it's like being a person of color, but as I experienced discrimination as a woman, I can tell you that, you know, certainly, you know, hearing things like, um, oh, I, you normally don't think women are funny, but I think you're funny. It makes you um, e too eager to please. It makes you devalue your work or think that your work is is automatically less than, right? Yeah. And that can that can affect how you earn and how you earn early on affects how you earn later, right? In life, it can affect a lot of things. And all those microaggressions are meant to keep people in their categories. They're meant to keep people in their boxes. And I think it's really important for people who are like, I mean, we talked about this before. Everybody, every, every white person's just a, just racist. Even if they can't say, I don't see color. They can't say, I, um, that's bullshit, you know, by the way, anybody who says right. they can't see color, that's just total bullshit and you should see People color, I but have said that to me and yeah. I just like, I'm so exhausted by everything. It's like, I call them out on it, but then I just go, Jesus Christ, you're in your fifties, you know, <laughs> yeah. how, how can I change you right now? Yeah. But, um, so if it's, everybody's a little bit racist, but I have to tell you, I have been guilty of every single form of these microaggressions verbal, behavioral, and, and environmental, you know, as a, as but, a human being. But and you're I, mindful. I, I mean, you're mindful, right? I mean, that's the, the thing is that I've, you know, I've, it's been a long time since I've said or done anything. I can't remember a time where I might've said she's funny for a woman. Um, I may have said it when I was like 17 or 18 or something, but not, right. not, I, I was simply a matter of not trying to hurt somebody's feelings, but not thinking before I spoke. I think the older sure. we get, we should be, uh, you know, we should be more considerate. I have a, I have a good friend of mine who his partner now prefers to go by they or them. And, um, I said, how's that going for you? And he said, it's, it's fine. I'm, I, he said, I slip up every once in a while, but that, but they know that my intentions are good. And I said, well, that's, that's a huge part of it. You know, that you're not intentionally calling, uh, this person, you know, he or she, uh, when you intend to say they or them, it, some of that does take some some time as well, you know. And I don't know if yeah. that fits in with your narrative here with the microaggressions, but I think with anything, as I said, 
you know, my son asked me a question about some one of his classmates in that same topic, and I said, well, let me ask you this. If you preferred to be called by a nickname, and I kept calling you by something that wasn't your nickname, at some point you'd be like, hey, man, like, what's your deal? I, this is what I want to be called. Just call me it. It's not hurting you, you know? <laughs> and, and so he, that kind of resonated with him. He's like, oh, okay, I get it. And then the kids are great because he's like, okay, that's what I'll do. I'll just... That was a good parenting moment. Oh, it was a... Yeah, the modern modern day uh, Ward Cleaver moment. With... Well, hey, that's honestly that's good. You know, some people, some parents don't know what to, how to even approach subjects like that. Just the fact that you're going to go there is really important. Well, I felt you bad know? for this classmate. Uh, they uh, went by he at the beginning of the year, and then she, and then they them. Um, literally by January. And I said, well, wait a second. What do you think they're going through? I mean, imagine that inner turmoil and wanting it. I said, it's tough enough being a teenager, but now imagine not feeling comfortable in your own skin or feeling like you're not sure where you are and what you want to be. So why not just give them a little bit of peace, you know, and just know that they're going to be okay with you. And he, it's funny too, with the transgender stuff, a lot of people who would consider themselves um, progressive in terms of gay people. Yeah. Or, you know, like uh, J.K. Rowling recently, right? Yeah. That whole, that whole snafu where she, <laughs> where she, she was really, and she doubled down on it, you know. The whole, did, you, did you read about that? I, she, I'm know, trying to remember the whole story with it. Oh, she was on Twitter and, and um, she was she was taking umbrage at, at the fact that um, somebody said, uh, you know, non-male people. And then she, you know, in an article and she said there used to be a or non uh, non-menstruating women or something like that. She said there used to just be a term for that. She said it was just called women. And hmm. um, and then she doubled down on it, and you know a lot of her fans are like she you know built this magical world, and a lot of her fans are like I was such a fan of yours, and this really hurts because I I am a woman, and that's my truth, and that's my reality, and I don't need to necessarily have the um the the biological I don't I don't need to have that be born with those parts to identify as a woman yeah. and uh, have that as my reality. And, uh, and she just doubled down on it, which that's you know, too bad. Gutsy for her, you know, everybody in her world sort of, you know, denounced and decried it. And she kept, she kept, she kept up with it. So you see somebody like that and you kind of go, all right, you know, she's a really influential person and she's a, you know, she's a person who is very liberal. She, she, hmm you know, does has wonderful scathing tweets about Boris Johnson and Trump yeah. and and the way that the world is moving. And yet she still has this block, which is pretty important. You know, it's a it's a pretty important um thing not to be able to see past. I hope she has that um, opportunity to change and sometimes that comes with exposure. Uh my, my grandmother grew up in a very small town and and mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't say that she was anti-gay, but she certainly wasn't very pro-gay. But she went to a yeah. Halloween party when she was about 70 uh, with her friend Gert from Gert's Apparel. And uh, <laughs> and she... I want a dress from Gert's Oh, it was on 66th and Penn. Just, you know, you don't want a, a dress from there because it looked okay, like I dresses do. from Gert's Apparel. <laughs> Let me just say that. I do. But they, no they, idea what I'm wearing right now. They showed, up, they showed up to this Halloween party, and my grandma suddenly realized that it was 90% gay couples there. And they, you know, she said, she calls me up after the party. She's like, you know, those are the nicest people. <laughs> it's just, I started laughing with well, grandma. I said, you know, my friend Dave's gay. And, you know, we, uh, I said, there's gay people in our family. She's like, well, I just don't know if I ever gave them a chance. <laughs> You're 70, you know, but it was just kind of funny to see that breakthrough. So, well, we better, we better wrap this show up. Uh, We're, we're going a little bit long here, but uh, love talking to you uh, from the Quilted Northern and, uh, you know, thanks to uh, all of our sponsors. Thanks to Smart Start MN. Thanks for Busters on 28th. Um, Everybody that helped with the website, uh, 
Amy Stubblefield Barthel. We got Dave Gatzmer who did the logo. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, Colleen Cruz, from your quilt at home. The quilted annex of the Smart Start MN Studios <laughs> here on the Brian Oak Show. Thank and, you so much. And here's Prince. programming to bring you up to date on a developing situation in Los Angeles. 